Hi, my name's Chris, and welcome to the Bellicino Cycling Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bellicino Cycling Podcast. Tonight, um, we're Niels. Hi, Niels. How are you doing? Good, good. Finally, you're back. I know. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. It was... Oh, well, we were just speaking about it, but just before the, the you started recording, actually, there were like so many things in our lives, like illnesses, Kids were busy, holidays, bank holidays, um, busy with life in general. I know, we're missing Mike tonight. Yeah, we're missing Mike. He's not having a massage, actually. He's genuinely busy. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely busy. Exactly. But it doesn't actually feel like that long ago since I saw you because we did manage to get out the weekend and do some cycling. That was really good. Uh, Some of you listeners might know I haven't been on my bike that much recently. And um, I have a big one coming up, actually, because I'm on mid of may i'm going with like 15 people or so to mallorca for some for some riding and i was really scared for the long rides um so Gemma convinced me to go out for at least like an 80 kilometer ride to see if it actually works i know and it started off it's fine i was uh 10 minutes i think it was 10 minutes Niels was like excuse me you guys just need to uh adjust my saddle <laughs> a little bit down <laughs> little 10 down. minutes later a little bit up a little bit up <laughs> a little bit down three times i think yeah and then like, you disguise one of them um in a cafe stop that was good because I, I ran out of food because what, i didn't bring any food what i actually said was neil you better not bonk on us yeah that was uh i was about to were you ready <laughs> I was, I you was, said no no it's fine i was but done the whole I... day afterwards actually i felt i was so tired like the kids wanted to play like I, I built them like a two meters times two meter sand pit by the way to all the dads out there if you are ever in the moment of you know oh i'm going to build you something cool don't don't build it build two meters two meters sand pit because you will need half a ton of sand half a ton of sand and if it gets delivered to your doorstep you don't want to have it delivered to your doorstep because you have to bring it all in the garden Anyways, is that what happened? <laughs> that, yeah, let's not go into the details. And then the Sunday, they were like, Daddy, can we play? And you're it's like, like, no, we don't have sand. Yeah, you have to bring the sand in for us. <laughs> That's not bad. With a little bit of us. <laughs> anyway, I thought you did really well. It Thank was you. just over three hours, which I think is good. You know, it stands you in good stead for me, Yeah, I think it was good. So, but that's not what we want to talk about. No, we don't no, want to speak about Mallorca again. We don't want to speak about sand pits. Gemma, what are we talking about? Well, tonight um, I have a uh, friend actually on. I haven't seen, seen um, this friend for a while, so it's really nice, genuinely, to catch up, which is great. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to someone who I started running with in the days, days long time ago now, probably 10, 10 years ago. Um, it's got a great story to tell, actually, and um, some really interesting things. So I'm interested to hear what he's going to say. Neil, so you don't know a thing, so it's going to be really good for you. I know a little bit. A little bit. So, listeners, I'm going to introduce you to Chris. Evening, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem. How are you Hi, doing? Hi, Chris. Nice to meet you, Nils. Nice to meet you. Like, to be fair, we met five minutes ago at the door. We did, yeah. We, yeah. I said hello. Pleasantries out the way. Didn't just, um, <laughs> didn't just transport you in. <laughs> and Chris, is great to see you, because I don't think we've met in being in person to see each other for a long oh, time, but I follow yeah. Chris's um, antics on Instagram, which is kind of how we got talking again, actually. Um, so, Chris, tell us a little bit about you family your life your day job uh so i'm 38 just um husband and uh, husband sorry. and wife husband and wife in, in one person <laughs> so yeah husband to a to, to a great girl nat um got two kids two and seven um i live in west hearts i've been a police officer for 16 years um and yeah, just enjoy my cycling. Well, a little bit of cycling, uh, mostly running, uh, a little bit of canny cross, which is how we met. Uh, and yeah. First, I want to find out what that actually is. I, I have a rough idea, and I think I know what it is. What canny cross? Yeah. Gemma's never talked about canny cross before. All the time, but I never asked. You know, like, <laughs> just ignore it. It's all, no, it's always like there's so many words in our conversation yeah. that I just don't know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So canny cross. <laughs> Uh, that's that's how I met you actually, yeah, it and it was it was Gemma that got me into Canning Cross. So we I didn't know this originally. No, no, yeah. So uh, probably around the same time, we both had uh, Bizler puppies, uh, Hungarian Bizlers, really sort of high 
highly motivated, high energy dogs. Uh, Live Vizsla hated Chris's Vizsla. Yeah, it was a love. Vizslas always hate other Vizslas. Only mine. No, yeah, it was only Chester. Yeah. And it was love hate because Hudson loved Hudson loved Chester, which made him hate Hudson <laughs> even more. Even more. <laughs> um, and I was just struggling to find time to to exercise and walk this dog twice a day for an hour each. Um, and it was just before I was getting married, actually, in 2013. Uh, and I had a Vizsla Society magazine and. Gemma had done a feature article. I don't remember this. I, I kind of do know you said yeah, actually, done yeah. Yeah, done, done this article about Canicross, uh, which I should explain is a sport where, like, it came out of Scandinavia, didn't it? East, yeah, yeah. Eastern Europe. So sledge dogs in the off season um, obviously still need to be exercised. So owners would run with the dogs or alternatively strap a bike on the back. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, they call that bike shore. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just a case of exercising the dogs when it was too hot to, to obviously run them with sleds and there was no snow to run with sleds. Um, so, yeah, it came over here. It's it's really popular now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, really, and it's similar for me, actually. I started it because, again, I had this Vizsla that, you know, can do it with any dog, but this Vizsla that had boundless energy. And I was like, what on earth am I going to do with it? And I want to get some exercise in as well. I know what I'll do. I think I started in the winter, actually because I didn't want to walk around the fields in the dark. Mm. And I was like, I actually ran on the streets, which is not actually that ideal, but at the but, time, you know, but, I didn't know. But not on a sledge? Like no, sledge no, no, there's no sledge for me. No sledge, no sledge. Involved. So I, that's how I did it. And, you know, Chester got some great exercise and, you know, I was getting exercise at the same time. He was exhausted, I was exhausted. But we met a group um, called Ashridge Canning Crossers, who will forever be, you know, hung, hold fond memories for me because I have mm. just done, did so much with them and met Chris through them. And we met up at Ashridge. Um, we'd all meet up. I, I only seem to remember it being in the dark, but I'm sure there was yeah, another Wednesday time nights, as well. Saturday morning sometimes. Yeah, but, yeah, Wednesday night, Saturday mornings. Met up. Maybe 10 of us, but it, it expanded to a lot more than mm. that. All turning up with all sorts of dogs. Some people had, like, multiple dogs. Like a poodle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything, literally. Chihuahuas? No. Sausage, sausage dogs? Sausage dogs. They, they can run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more, like, sliding, yeah. right? Like, they're the guys like... No, honestly, some, some of the, yeah. yeah, like, leggy ones. Yeah, any dog, any dog yeah. at all. And it was a bunch of people that, yeah, some people um, were competing at the time. And I was like, wow, you know, we'll come on to that in a minute. But and other people were there, you know, just to exercise their dogs, like Chris and I were originally. Uh, all sorts, brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Okay, I'm hooked. Let's, um, it's not I mean, a cycling got... podcast anymore. No, it's a, welcome to the Villachino Canicross yeah. podcast. We can branch out, Let's do that. <laughs> anyway, it is brilliant. It's it's fantastic, and we met um, someone there called George, who is just so knowledgeable yeah, about everything. He taught us he probably is. both of us in equal measure so much about our dogs and learning to run with them and trust them. And I think to this day, there's probably no feeling like the feeling when you've raced or run with your dog. And it's actually done what you've asked it to do, yeah. which is sometimes rare, you know. They don't, despite popular, um, or contrary to popular opinion, they don't go off all over the place. They're, they're, they're quite sort of tuned in, especially yeah. to each other, and they just follow each other, and they absolutely love it. Oh, fantastic. I remember Hudson, um, he was just, oh, he was great. He loved it, and he was goofing around, and Chester was obviously really serious. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just know it from uh, Wendover Woods here, like, with, um, when I go mountain biking with, with Benny, my dog. Was like a Cyprus special, like oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a bit of a rescue, yeah. He's a bit of a um, what is he, pointer cross, uh, Labrador basically mix. He, yeah. he looks like pointer, yeah, pointer, uh, Labrador cross, ideal uh, for canning cross. Is he, yeah, I yeah. see. I'm hooked. I mean, the problem is, I don't run. Oh, I do the other Let's thing. Let's see, there. do we think Neil's ideal for canning cross? I'm too heavy for Benny. Have you got a mountain bike? I do, yeah. Oh, good. With a bike, <laughs> bit of bike, sure, you'll be fine. Did you bike with? Did you bike with Hudson? Never got round to it. No. Right, so we're talking about Hudson actually, and Hudson is a, a was a much loved member of your mm. family, but I know that he's not around now. No, sadly. no, no. And sorry. No. Um. What? What? You know? Tell us a little bit about Hudson, I suppose. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, we tried the whole gun dog thing and failed miserably. Um. So again, it was just trying to find something to do with him that would utilize the old grey matter in the brain, sort of tucker him out a bit more than just a, an hour's worth of walking. Uh, and yeah, Canicross was was it. Um, and yeah, he was really good at it. So, I mean, I'd never been sporty up until then. I hated competition when I was younger. I used to swim a lot. Mm -hmm. I used to swim for uh, Berkhamsted Swimming Club. But hated competition, went to a few galas, just 
yeah, packed it up. Um, just didn't like the, the competition. So yeah, found this sport with, with Hudson, started going to a few amateur events, ended up taking a couple of podium finishes. Uh, and it was like this bug that I'd never, never experienced before, never had that feeling before of, you know, being pretty competitive and, and able at it. Um, so yeah, just a great partner really. Uh, of course you get to train and they take directions left and right on the trail. Um, slow down yeah, when you go, obviously down, when you go, yeah, down, when a you go hill, down a hill. You want them to come next to you, not pull you down the hill. That, take, yeah. that takes a while. And of they course, pull you up the hill. They do, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah those points where you're like, oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. They're sort of pulling up these hills, and then of course they get to, get you to speeds that I never have reached without a dog pulling me. You know, sort of six minute miling. Yeah, I for mean, anyone that runs, they take off. I reckon a minute mile. Ooh. You know, it's exhilarating. It really was. Uh, but yeah, sadly lost him in 2015, I think. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Bob. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's part of life, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. With Canning Cross, I think um, here where we live, uh, the bottom of um, Wendover Woods, by the way, if if anyone from the Canning Cross organization listens to that, there's a sign warning of people. There will be a Canning Cross race on Sunday, and this is there since January. Uh, yeah. They, they forgot to they... pick it up. Can somebody pick it up, please? Thank you. <laughs> Joking. Let's leave it That's for okay. next year. I'll take it. I'll go and get it. <laughs> I'll go and fetch it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I know Hudson, you know, got you into the sport or back mm. into sport and going fit yeah. and training again. Um, when you sadly lost Hudson, did you carry on Canning Cross? I think you, I'm sure I saw you with other Vizslers. Yeah. So my, my dad ended up getting a Vizsla. Um, he obviously wasn't put off with mine. Uh, so I carried on running with, with yeah. him a couple of years later. But of course, when we're over here running winter's fine but we get to the summer it gets quite humid and that's it's a big yeah, no-no for the dogs so in order to sort of stay competitive throughout the winter i was running then on my own uh, during the summer which i'd never really done hated uh, cross country at school uh, but yeah i sort of found my love for it uh, so i carried on running through the summer um, and then i met a couple of friends who own a local trail running company um, and they, they they obviously can cross with me and they offered uh, me a job to go and, uh, yeah, become a, a trail run leader. No wonder I saw so many Instagram posts. So yeah, I ended up, you know, sort of getting paid to do do the hobby I love. So it's fantastic. And obviously that in, incentivised me to sort of stay fit, stay active. Uh, yeah, was doing it right up until till recently. So yeah, if anything, really, it's I run more than I can across now. Um, it's just when I'm able to go and get my dad's dog. I take you can borrow trash. Chester any time. We had a discussion uh, about this day before yeah. we started. And Chris was like, how is Chester nowadays? And I was like, mm, it's not as competitive as it no. used to be. <laughs> he was far. I mean, you both were incredibly fast. Chester was sort of 50, 70% of that Yeah, speed, well, yeah, aren't they always? Yeah, really, yeah. really good. Um, so, so. I'm, I'm really hooked I will give it a crack. Yeah, I yeah. think you should. Um, you should. I know yeah. we talk about cycling mm -hmm. a lot, but honestly, as a, you can do it with cycling. Um, which would be another great episode to talk to talk someone mm. about. But it is really good way. And you know what? You know when we get back from a bike and I said to you on Sunday, I was like, oh, I've got to walk the dog. You haven't got to do that. It's all done. All yeah, in one. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. So what happened, Chris, um, kind of from there, really? I know you start, you had this as a job, mm -hmm. the trail running. It was really good. Um, did you carry on with that? Kind of, yeah, so I... Obviously carried on with the working for Run the Wild, um, running in my own time. So did that for a couple of years. And then of course we came into COVID times. Um, and I wanted to give myself a bit of an objective during lockdown. And I'd never really taken on a 5K before. I've done the, the local park runs, um, but of course like Wendover and Tring, you, you don't really get an idea of what your 5K PB could be. Yeah, not super fast so courses, hilly. are they? Yeah. Um, so I started training, just, just took a programme off my Garmin uh, software, where they, you know, it's like the, oh, the yeah, computer generated yeah, coaching. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did a, uh, a 5K programme, and I did that in November 2020, I think. But of course, it was all road running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I picked up a bit of plantar fasciitis. Oh, road runners. Um, <laughs> so that was sort of the back end of November after I'd done this 5K. Uh, 
and I took it really seriously. It was, you know, it was, it was giving me grief. So I took, I think it was 12 weeks off, so oh, 12 no, weeks, yeah. no, no running during COVID lockdown over Christmas. Not yeah, really pretty miserable. Uh, and then I started following a chap's uh, return to running program. I think it's James Dunn on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, he's really good, actually. Really good. And it was, it was great. Lots of strength work, which is the way to get rid of this plantar fasciitis. <clears throat> and I was obviously climbing the walls, not, not doing any exercise. And of course, I had a bike on the wall in the garage, a, a white dorset, just something I picked up um, on one of the cycle to cycle, cycle to work schemes. Work schemes rules up from there. So I took myself out, started cycling a couple of times a week just to sort of keep the legs turning over while I wasn't running. Um, and then I bought some CX Pro tires. Oh yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just an, it's, it's an old alloy bike. So I started going up into Ashridge with it. And I just, I loved it, you know. Did it remind you of good old times? Yeah, it's good. I had mountain bikes throughout my childhood. Um, and, you know, spent many a time up at, up at Ashridge mountain biking. So then it really kind of made me think, oh, I'm sort of missing out on the, on the mountain bike malarkey. Um, so I sort of pestered the wife and she finally gave in. And I managed to bag, because obviously we've had a real shortage of bikes, haven't we, over yeah. um, the lockdown. I uh, managed to get a bike up at Sigma Sports. Uh, so I got an Orbea Occam H30. This is a mountain bike, yeah. yeah. So full full suspension bike. Um, and spent the summer riding that in sort of 2021. And then I was up at Rushmere Bike Park, October 2021, um, probably acting younger than my age and um, took a gap jump and I cardinal sin I hadn't wrecked the the trail before sort of taking it on just and... a quick interruption here acting younger than your age I think yeah lots of our listeners can refer to that yeah like all of us. well you know sort of my wife certainly takes the mickey and sort of yeah. says you know you still think you're 18 um well we are, but it was... we are men right we are well, boys yeah, trapped suppose... in the body of yeah. a and a grown-up yeah <laughs> It's a curse, isn't it? It is. We cut the, that's what we are. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I should have wrecked this trail before I, I took it on, uh, and it, essentially it was a gap jump, which I just I hadn't carried enough speed through. So I, yeah, just ditched it on the the side of the gap jump. Uh, came off pretty hard. I was on my own, um, and probably typical man fashion. I was like uber embarrassed. Uh, I d didn't want to. Uh, I know there was a couple of other guys further down in the in the valley in the park. I probably could have shouted out and sort of, you know, asked them like, to come in. No way. I'm like, no way. So I was there for, I don't know, five, ten minutes in the dirt, uh, pretty winded, managed to get myself up um, and basically took the bike and hobbled back to the to the car. Um, and then you're like, I know, I know it, I know it was bad, but you're like, well, how am I going to get my bike home if I call an ambulance? Like, mm. they're not going to be able to break the bike down and they're not going to take <laughs> it. Yeah, all these stupid thought. issues that only a cyclist Ambulance could... should have bike. Well, they should bike do. They should, well, they should in the children's, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, phoned good old wifey. Um, and we, we'd just gone down to one car, so she's like, well, that's, that's great, but you've got the car. Like, how am I going to get to you? <laughs> a Fiat so, 500. <laughs> yeah. So, um, thankfully, our friend came and dropped dropped her off we got in our car um and we went to stoke mandeville and that's that's where it sort of kicked off so what had you haven't and what had you done uh so i'd suffered a lung contusion um mm. yeah so hence the sort of yeah the the issues with breathing um and i'd fractured a few ribs and then i broke i'd fractured my finger actually which you can still see is a bit wonky um so it was when i was put onto the ct scanner that they for my lungs, yeah. for my lungs mm -hmm. that they've obviously noticed this issue so i'd, I'd been down there I'd come back up um and i was sort of laying there and then the doctors come in again so we're just going to take you back down for another ct scan so i thought well they probably just missed something or you know just check something else so i hadn't really thought too much about it but did wonder mm -hmm. um so i was back down there again i was just about to go into the tunnel and the the, the nurse obviously who was putting me in sort of said oh they're just a bit worried about your heart <laughs> and I was like oh my god like I know it was a crash but I didn't think it was that bad yeah um so suddenly was yeah a bit bit worried about it all um had the CT scan brought me back upstairs doctor came in about an hour later and said oh we need to speak to John Radcliffe at Oxford the hospital 
um, because we've noticed this enlarged aorta on the CT scan. So the, I mean, this I'm you know mind's blown really. I'm sort of wondering what it's all about. Um, didn't make much sense at the time. Did you still think at that stage that it might be um, to do with just from the yeah, crash? Or, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I'm um, you know the doctor's expected to know so much, aren't they? He wasn't hugely knowledgeable on the subject either. Yeah, so he was exactly. taking a lot of direction mm -hmm. from the John Radcliffe. Um, so yeah, at that stage, I still thought, is it something I've done during the impact? Mm -hmm. um, and then they've, they've basically looked at my results and said, no, he's he needs a referral, but he's good to go home tonight. So that, that was like, okay, ticked off the first box. Yeah. And that's when he kind of explained once he'd sort of had it fed back from John Radcliffe that it was likely it was something that um, has resulted from a from a congenital issue, mm -hmm. something I've been born with. So I was like straight away, thank God, like the wife's not going to sell the bike. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's just you know it's just by chance this has happened. Um, a small reprieve from the crash. Yeah. Though, really not in any way but yeah <laughs> i just i just like the prioritizing like yeah. you lie there in the dirt no i'm not calling the ambulance because they don't know how to bring my bike home yeah all these, <laughs> then, then, all these first or they just out something is wrong with my heart oh <laughs> luckily i don't have to sell my bike yeah yeah if anything i need you know it should be up on the wall and you know it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's resulted in me finding out something that i never knew about it's pretty serious so yeah fast forward a, a few weeks that i'd had a, a referral made to a certain a cardiologist in over at Wickham mm -hmm. and I went to see him in early December and that's when he explained um, what I had uh, and in between that I'd had a, a an ultrasound on yeah, my heart yeah. at Stoke Mandeville so yeah basically I've got a bicuspid aortic valve um, in the heart which has caused the aorta to to enlarge mm -hmm. so the the bicuspid valve you've got four valves in the heart and the bicuspid aortic valve is the one that's it's the last one it's the last door out of the heart okay. um so once the lungs have oxygenated your blood the heart then's ready to pump it around the body and it leaves via the the av um and goes up through the aorta mm -hmm. and then the aorta takes it down to the sort of tummy area really where okay. your stomach gets all its blood and then it obviously goes down into the femoral arteries yeah okay so the the aortic valve, it, it almost has like three shutters on it. Mm -hmm. They all meet in the middle. And I do watch Hobby City. Yeah, so you know. I, I, I don't. Well, you won't even know <laughs> yeah, he's... No, I'm just listening. I'm, yeah. I have a question for this. In a um, so, yeah, so it's got sort of three, three, they call it leaflets, but they're like three doors. They obviously come together to seal the valve and mm -hmm. they come, come apart to let the blood flow through. So essentially when I was born, or when I was developing, I should say, uh, two of those doors stuck together mm -hmm. and they never separated so the, the valve's compromised it's you know it's not it's not able to seal itself um properly so i think for my basic understanding of it the obviously the, the heart pumps the blood out but it's going through a lot smaller space mm -hmm. so there's like this pressure that hits the side of the aorta and just makes the aorta over time because oh, obviously it's got I'm larger. Okay. that's why it's got larger and my surgeon said because i'm quite i think he said tall and elasticy. i thought he was gonna say because you're quite fit well yeah <laughs> but yeah a sort of tall and elasticy. um i'm that much more prone to the aorta sort of oh, stretching okay. okay so the risk comes when that aorta eventually hits a point where it uh, they call it dissection it, it splits and the blood all that oxygenated blood that's supposed to go around the body ends up hemorrhaging out out the side of the aorta so that's that's the danger there okay. yeah. um danger. and then the obviously this this compromised valve because it can't seal correctly when the heart's pumping out the oxygenated blood because it doesn't seal properly it brings a load of blood back in yeah so my heart's having to work twice as hard to, to try and eject that blood that's come back in. They call that regurgitation. So there's, there's two issues there. There's the, the regurgitation, which causes sort of fatigue, uh, tiredness, um, and some other symptoms. And then there's obviously just this, this enlarged aorta. So mine should be about 20, and let me get this right. Mine should be two centimeters. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, it's all relative to your size as well. And at the moment, mine's um, 5.2 centimetres. Oh, so it's so twice, just over twice. Well, there's twice so many the questions size. from my side. Like, yeah. 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 and I were just listening. Like, wow. Yeah, I was like, what? First of all, all these words. I was like, yeah. like, this is a really stupid question, potentially, but when you get diagnosed like this, mm. like, how, what happened in your head where you're like, oh, my goodness, there's so many words. Let me just find out and research everything about it. Or did you know already quite a lot about it? Yeah, I mean... And then the second question is, mm. um, when you got diagnosed about it, like, what, what was the first thing that went through your head? A really stupid question. But Yeah, I suppose, so like, some of that had come out at Stoke Mandeville. And I, I left and obviously it was COVID, so my wife... She wasn't allowed to be with me, so she's asking me all these questions. I'm like, to be honest, I, I can't really remember. It's all yeah. jargon. So it was a couple of weeks there where I was in limbo, not really understanding. And it was only when I got the letter from the GP, having had the ultrasound, that he obviously this bicuspid. I, I didn't even know what he said. On in fact, it was a telephone call, not a letter. And I, I sort of had to get him to repeat what you know, yeah, and then, they then said Google quick, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they always say don't Google it because I think this yeah, is the, the horror. You, literally, the... like, I'm just, I'm not sure what you mean. So, yeah, yeah initially, and then, of course, I mean, Google, God, you Google stuff. It's just oh, a negative oh, stuff. Oh, man, on the it, it is. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's. I mean, the first few things you see are um, life expectancy. You know, it's just, mm. and up until now, I, I suppose I just thought I was going to live forever. You know, it's yeah. just, so suddenly you get presented with this this issue that might shorten your life. Um, so it was pretty, pretty mind blowing. Yeah, I had some, I had some dark hours after yeah, that. And not only do you have to manage your emotions about it and your thoughts, for good reason, you have to manage your family's thoughts on that yeah. as well. You know, so that's difficult because you know Nat and not the kids so much because I don't know, but they yeah. all have different feelings and thoughts and things about it. They're not you. You're not them, and it's that's really hard yeah. for everybody as yeah. well. Yeah, I think it's so tough, like, especially yeah. also. During COVID, during lockdown, you had limited amount of people you could speak to. You yeah, couldn't yeah, hang out absolutely. with all your mates and just like, guys, I'm really feeling shit. Let's have a drink. Yeah. Whatever, you know, like just to talk about it. Same for your wife and stuff. And, oh, they... Yeah. So initially I, I stayed off the internet. I, I didn't yeah. Google much, um, particularly before I met the <laughs> the cardiologist at Wickham, uh, Mr. Frozen, just because... <sighs> And there'd be, there'd be moments where you're like, oh, you, you were just so curious and obviously you were waiting for that it's appointment. It's quite a long wait. Yeah, it, you know, it's, we're well, talking like yeah. two, three weeks at a time. Yeah. So, and you'd kind of dip into the internet and you'd, like, you'd come out of it and you'd, you'd be on a low. Um, and then it got to the point where I met Mr. Frozen uh, over at Wickham and he obviously explained, look, you know, this is what you have and this is what we're going to, this is what we're going to do. We're gonna, you're going to have surgery um, and you're going to have a, a mechanical valve um and i'd already I'd, I'd obviously googled a little bit about what the options were mm -hmm. so it's it's difficult it's, it, i say to people there's no perfect solution to to a, a bicuspid aortic valve um the the aorta itself that's an easy fix because they literally put a piece of pipe in like i think it's teflon um and that that's you know that's that's fixed that's going to last forever the, the the issue for me really is the the valves the mechanical valve yes it's going to last for decades um but it requires um anticoagulation so the the body obviously treats this metal or onyx carbon object as a foreign body so it just wants to clot this mm, okay, this this yeah. thing so of course you have to go on to warfarin um, and take that for well forever. Yeah, and that's um, life changing. Isn't it? And then so. you have to kind of manage. They call it INR. I can't remember what it means, but it's um, it's the level of um, coagulation that your body has. I do know my dad has to go right. through this for a similar after he had a stroke. He yes. now takes warfarin and measures it. And it took actually it took like, I mean completely different. He's in his sixties, but it took a little while. But then once to, to it's stabilised. Yeah, I, yeah think I think once it stabilises, yeah. yeah, and you can get machines and you know you self test every every week and sort you can keep on it. Whereas I think back in you know once upon a time it was making sure you went to um, a clinic and, and had it done by a nurse. So yeah, it, it's a bit easier. But 
you know, with being a policeman on the front, you know, I've been front line, that's all I know. Mm. Um, my sport, you know, mountain, I've just bought this mountain bike, uh, my trail running, you know, it's not just road running, it's sort of, you know, trip hazards and running through Ashridge and Wendover. So I had suddenly had all these sort of things to think about. Um, and then again, you're on the internet, it's like Google Warfarin, it's like, these are the downfalls of Warfarin and why you shouldn't be on Warfarin and us, yeah. Your life just changed, just changed yeah. overnight. Did they say to you fairly promptly about um, about a lifestyle? A lifestyle change sounds like you had an awful lifestyle, but um, about that quite quickly, or did you? Did they not really give any guidance? And then you were thinking, I, I don't know. Do I do I do anything? Can well, I? Look, I suppose my first question was like at, at this um, this appointment when he said about the mechanical valve. Um, I said, well, my my jobs pretty active it's you know i get injured you know I sort of the nature of my work you know often involved in sort of contacts with vehicles so straight away i'm like is this something that i can be on whilst being a frontline officer and he said well you know there's there's plenty of jobs in in the police that you could go off and do so straight away i was like okay well that's that's massive change also oh, that's not what you necessarily want to hear right? no no of course not yeah. no um it's kind of why i do it you know yeah. it's uh the, the running and cycling wasn't so much of a an issue because you know okay if i'm gonna have to switch to road running that's fine if i have to get rid of the mountain bike and get a nice scoochy road bike i i I can I can deal with that, um, but yeah, like a massive thing to have to deal with. So I, I've kind of left that meeting. Like, don't get me wrong, super. I've I've always been sort of super lucky. Um, that's how I felt in that I've just had this thing identified, diagnosed purely by chance. So I was you know buzzing on that that side of things, but just this adjustment that I had to get used to thinking about this mechanical valve so that was December um, and then I didn't get a chance to, to meet my surgeon before then had a few other um, examinations I had to have like my uh, my carotid arteries sort of scanned just to make sure the, the blood was able to go up there when I put on the heart lung bypass machine um, uh, and various oh a catheter up through the femoral artery just to sort of make sure the heart was good otherwise because yeah. um, once they're in there they might as well correct anything else that okay, might yeah, crop yeah. up so that came out fine and then I met this surgeon in March and he obviously explained what what would happen and by then I'd got I'd come round to what was happening um, and to be honest I'd Google everything yeah um, I think once you're in it. Yeah, and that's the thing. You like, can't find anything worse. There is, a, I know, Google is infinite, but you're yeah, in it. Let's, let's like, get as much information as you can. And people always ask, you know, are you scared or, you know, and it's 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 weird. It's sort of in you. So what, what else do I do? You either sort of cower away in the corner and not think about it or just take the ball by the horns and get on with it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I found myself doing that. So I ended up Googling everything I've watched the operation on YouTube um, I've sort of watched videos on what to expect when I wake up from the surgery what happens before the surgery um, so I had this idea of what living with a mechanical valve is going to be like um, and then yeah got got around to speaking to the surgeon and he's a huge advocate at the moment for these organic valves these organic tissue valves which are they're basically stored differently to the the traditional uh, organic valves which are perfect in that they don't require any warfarin mm. but they only tend to last sort of 10 to 12 years um because they're stored in a wet solution mm. and then once they're in the body they tend to calcify and that's why they end up becoming ineffective and requiring replacement so they tend to give those to older patients yeah um but this this new valve by i think it's edward sciences in america they've they've worked out a way of storing it dry so it's not kept in the solution which means it doesn't calcify and they reckon in in labras uh, tests that they're lasting twice as long so he's like look your lifestyle your job 
Yeah, so you don't you get the option, like you don't have to go on the yeah. And still, did he give, was it the option, or was he quite clear this is just completely up to you? Or yeah, like, guiding it? yeah. He said, you know, this is a mechanical valve, this is the Edwards Life Science valve. Um, he did say, look, with your lifestyle, your work, mm -hmm. this would be something I would recommend. Okay, yeah, good. Um, and this is what you're going to try? Yeah, I mean, again, it's not, it's not a perfect solution. It's only probably been live within a human being in America for about seven years yeah. at the longest point so far. So we, we don't know real world yeah. like how long it's going to last. But the data and the lab results suggest that it's twice as long as these organic bovine valves. But that, that, that's me now with my dangerous half wisdom, <laughs> basically knowing nothing about anything and being a, an out, outsider here. But I always think 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. it's quite a long time in t technology or I engineering and yeah, yeah. science kind of things you know like it, you, you you never know what in 10 or 12 years might be there might be like the, the perfect solution then right and i thought about this earlier when you said mm. that we got diagnosed in a way like first of all we are, we are happy that, that you got diagnosed mm. because then you can treat it yeah and also that you live now and not 20 years ago right yeah i think there's like so much of positivity around this like yeah you are now in a time where um we develop so many things we um find out so many things engineering is of the top end yeah and um again 10 to 12 years it's actually quite long yeah I mean, yeah I, I, I can't remember like well it might were you saying it might even be double that was it 10 to 12 yeah, yeah so i think yeah. i think on paper like on organic valves 12 to 15 but i, I mean you, you certainly mm -hmm. read it happening sooner than that um and yeah on the the test results they reckon twice as long so yeah so some 20 idea. 30 maybe yeah, 30 at a, an absolute push um so it's a leap of faith yeah i'm not gonna but lie definitely it's, no warfarin but definitely no warfarin so that's the, the, yeah the one thing and i just think if, if i'm going to go through all of this I, I don't want to come out the other side sort of with a compromised lifestyle. Yeah. You know, selfishly, you know, no, I don't wanna... think it is selfish at all. Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Live it. You yeah, do, absolutely. Right. And this is one thing that I want to find out, like I want to ask this earlier, but mm. because you are really active and obviously when you're, when you have an active lifestyle, you do a lot of sport, your, your heart is a muscle, your heart gets bigger. Um, do you think this had any impact on that? Yeah, so I mean, first of all, I'm hoping to absolutely blast my five k PB time. Yeah, did you do yeah. it? I did do it. Yeah, I got I wanted twenty or less, and I and it was I think it was twenty. Hard, you know. I, it, do you know what? It's, it's awful. really hard. It's awful. It's, but I run on one. <laughs> Everyone goes, oh, it's okay. a, you think it's easy because it's, it's short, but it's it's because no, so you're, you're all out one hundred ten percent for for five k. So yeah, I got twenty one minutes oh, ten. Yeah. So you want to beat that? And and what I've well, read? You had a compromised heart. Yes. And pretty, what, what I've good. read yeah. is people that have, particularly young sporty people, um, when they have this done, they feel like they've had a supercharger. Yeah, because I wondered, like, you know, do do you feel, as soon as you got it diagnosed, we're like, yeah, oh, exactly. well, you know, I, but you obviously were fit, I've, so you didn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the only thing I could say, because people say, you know, do you, did you know you had it? Did you feel it? Um, and it's difficult, isn't it? Because dad, yeah. young dads, kids. Yeah. yeah shift worker i've always felt tired and, and the, the wife will sort of joke you're like oh you're always tired so you do wonder and and when you look at look it up one of the symptoms is fatigue mm -hmm. but i've always just put it down to well i'm a shift worker so and i'm constantly get, oh, playing catch older, up well. you're getting older i've got a two-year-old i've got a seven-year-old like of course you're tired um so yeah i yeah i could say i was pretty tired fatigued i've never had an issue we, I, f I don't feel like I was ever compromised in my sport. Um, it will be interesting to see when I go back to it. Whether, Until you come back. Yeah, yeah actually, whether I'm like, yeah. you know. Olympics. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Boom. <laughs> so, so that will be interesting. Uh, migra I've, I had migraines with like visual disturbance. Um, and I've read since that, that a lot be. of people yeah. tend to have, have that. So that kind of made sense because that was always a bit weird. Um, but otherwise, oh, dizziness, so... It's quite a lot. She's down to four things. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I said the list. But, <laughs> do you know what it is? It's because it's so gradual. So how is it that you... Yeah, it, so gradual. It's, so yeah. it's only when you read about it and you're like, 
Oh, yeah, I, I do get dizzy when I stand up quickly, but you just sort because I, you know, I'd I run around the house sort of yeah, got 100 the head miles an hour, like or whatever, yeah. head rush when you're getting up quickly out of bed. <laughs> Surely that everyone gets that. Yeah, I mean, Neil said he got that after the Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, all the time. And I, and I just think because cause obviously I was born with it mm -hmm. and it, it gradually gets worse, um, really when you come into adulthood. So, so I asked the doctor, should I get the kids? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, look, I, I wouldn't until they're, until they're adults because it doesn't present a problem. Yeah, so, so really, when you think about it, late teens, early adulthood, these symptoms just sort of gradually come mm -hmm. on. So it's very hard to suddenly go, oh, that's, it, it's all just so gradual. You just don't notice And them. you're counteracting it a little bit by, by doing sport or doing things. Yeah. And, yeah so. Do you think doing sport has helped maintaining it better over the time? Or do you think if you would have not done sport? Well, you wouldn't have had the crash. Well, I can't yeah. no, no, I'm confused. <laughs> it can only be a good thing, sport. Yeah, I, 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 I'm completely confused. How <laughs> I, I stopped you, sorry. What I wanted to say, uh, I, I wanted to say... Do you think fitness has put me in better stead for my op? That's exactly what I wanted to ask. <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. I, and certainly when... Because I know that when you look on the internet, but the, the doctor said it as well. Uh, Sort of, and it, it this does tend to happen to older people he said typically they'll be in for seven to eight days um he said looking at you your weight etc your fitness it's gonna be five to six for you so everything just mm. comes down everything's shorter recovery period's going to be shorter because i'm just well a bit younger age on my side but also i'm i'm fit so yeah it can only help does it they always said like when the outbreak of COVID was and at their peak and stuff, they always said they delayed a lot of surgeries and stuff. Mm. But this, does this have any impact on you? Or? I haven't noticed it myself. No, no. everything. I mean, all all the scans and stuff after A and E came on really quick. Yeah, uh, I think I'd had all my sort of exploratory stuff done by like second week in January. Crazy. Um, When's the output for? So when I spoke to the surgeon in March, he said it's going to be about July because obviously he's a he's a popular surgeon. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's very good, um, and he's only got one pair of hands, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, he said July, uh, and I actually just uh, before I came out, came off the phone with the I'm under a sort of fitness for surgery team, which is a department of nurses that just look after you. And just monitor your symptoms. You know, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I think they should do rather. Yeah, they're not just um, sign you off until you get your yeah. Yeah. And she said, yeah, it's looking like July. She said you might get a cancellation and find mm -hmm. yourself like having a phone call saying it's going to be in two weeks. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not desperate for it. Yeah. Um, I know it's got to happen, but I'm quite happy in the meantime. I'm not stressing about it. So it'll happen when it happens. It's more like wife wants to know if the kids can go into this kids club in the holiday oh, and yeah. you know manage manage your life yeah. Yeah, yeah um obviously i can't go on holiday at the moment yeah, abroad um so yeah i think it's once we've just got a day we can <laughs> sorry it was alexa just telling us that somebody is at the front door it's, oh. it's, uh, i think it's a shop <laughs> sorry do you that. need to go the car job or something? No, we're not doing any advertising for any. <laughs> they can pay us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the other one. You never know. Might be Domino's. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Can't Domino's be good. <laughs> oh, show you all that. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored. Yeah, what I was going to ask you. What I was going to ask is, you know, what you know, what does life look like just at the moment, really, whilst you're in this kind of limbo state? But you said you're pretty cool about it. You yeah. Know, regards to lifestyle and doing everything you can to. Yeah, so to stay fit mentally, physically, everything really. Yeah, I, I suppose the biggest difference for me is there is no sport. Um, the cardiologist did say you could go for a jog or we a, talked about this a bimble earlier. on the bike. There's no bimble around the children. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think he knew where I, where I lived, but it's not happening, is it? No. I always love it when the doctors say like, hey, "Just go for a jog," and then you as a runner, you like. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I'd rather go for a brisk walk. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this earlier when I was injured. Um, the consultant said, um, you know, you're okay to get on the bike. Well, 10 minutes later, yeah. the physio was on the phone. He's like, she is not getting on the bike. I yeah. don't think you understand what sort of cycling. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
doing so that got vetoed and you, you vetoed it yourself it yeah like, I, I love i love athletes like i also have like a, a funny story from when i was uh, younger so some of our listeners might know i i, I have a history uh, my previous career was in, in canoeing and one of my mates he broke his arm but uh he had the world champs coming up Essential so canoeing. <laughs> well yeah and then the doctor said like um now you can't do much sport with it and he said like well what can't i do and then the doctor said as a as a joke well you can't do like pull-ups Mm. The next day he was down at the club it's like well he didn't say he can't, i can't do push-ups <laughs> so he cut like with, with, with a saw he cut like parts of his of his um what's it called a cast of the, of the yeah. plaster cast off to be able to 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 do push-ups and, yeah. and, and our coach was like what the hell are you doing yeah. go oh yeah it's like oh, okay okay well he didn't explicitly he no. said that work his work it sounds yeah. like Chris is being like actually quite sensible though. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, we are also older now, right? Like back then yeah. we were like Yeah. And yeah. I tell you what, it was, it was easier over the winter. Like it's like yeah. you, you don't want me to run and cycle. Okay, I, I, don't I, want I can deal with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> um but I, I yeah, I'm starting to get itchy you now. Yeah. Um so yeah, I've made some inquiries like with a local gym just, just to go and sit on the, the cycle yeah. machine, uh, on the treadmill. And of course now it's nice. Um, I'm out walking yeah, with walking's good, with, yeah. with dogs yeah. and friends. Um, and if anything, psychologically, just just to walk with a friend, just to chew the fat, you know, it's yeah. it's better than the the, the sort of physical benefits. Um, so yeah, work, uh, walking sort of twice a week. Um, Work-wise, I'm restricted. So I'm mm. not I'm not doing any frontline stuff. Uh, I'm in the office. I can't. I have like deadlines that I can't work past certain times just to, you know, keep keep myself energized, not too tired. Uh, no lifting, no heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. So when the shop does arrive, the the driver looks at me like a scumbag because my wife's having to lift up all the crates. And you're just and delegating. Can yeah, you, can you put it in the fridge, please? Yeah. And I feel like I have to tell yeah. the driver oh, by the every way, time. By the way, um, going picking up the chicken feed from the, the shop, like, you know, oh, they carry the bag. Yeah, it's really embarrassing, but that's that is the biggest thing that they say. Well, what you can do is like a courtesy push. So, I, <laughs> so basically, when your wife is like carrying all the, the stuff, you just like push, like gently from the rear. Oh, like, you've not met my wife, have you? The courtesy push. No, not, I won't get away with I that. I think that's gonna problem. No, it's not for your wife. It's for the outstanders. Uh, oh, okay. you see, at least he's helping her. <laughs> I had um when I I told Niels when I was on two crutches. Everyone was super, super nice, helpful, oh. doing one crutch. Mm -hmm. Get on with it. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I should have so given you that courtesy push and push you over. Yeah, two. There, everything. Wow. Can't do enough. It's funny, one. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Shopping back in one hand, crutching the other. That's what I was trying to do. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you said you were filling your time a little bit with cooking, though. Yes. Well. Yeah, so yeah, much to the wife's delight. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I suppose not being out cycling and running, it's um, got it's a lot more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So I've got a lot more time at home, um, and there's only so much Netflix you can watch. Sorry, can I say that? That's yeah, okay. That, that's fine. Um, was it was it Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, got into my cooking, which has been great, good fun. Um, yeah, just just killing time until. I'll get the call really. I know what you have done, um, which is kind of how, not that we weren't talking before, but you know, um, you've been quite open on social media or Instagram particularly mm. about, you know, what happened to you. I know, I remember seeing that you'd had the crash. I yeah. don't remember if at the time you'd written about it or whether it was a couple of weeks later, mm. but I do remember that you've just been, you know, super open about it, said what, you know, you're going through, what's happening, etc. And it's bound to have raised some sort of awareness. Was that kind of your intention or was it a great way for you to just talk to people and say especially during you know covid time it's a little bit different as we talked about but just you know open up and say this is what's happening to me and it could happen or it could happen to you as well yeah i mean i suppose we've moved on from sort of search engines on the internet like social media has almost become a place where you do some of your research as well mm. so i mean i'm on a, i'm on a facebook group it's it's why I stay on Facebook really they're great for groups aren't they if you need to sell yeah. something or we need some information about something so I'm, I'm on a bicuspid aortic valve group it's like tens of thousands of members and it just the 
the information that I got through them, you know, people have actually experienced it and yeah. dealt with it who are in sort of similar lifestyles to myself. I mean, it's just invaluable. So I suppose once I found out I had this, this issue, yeah, you, you start searching hashtags and seeing who else has got it and what they're up to post because I just wanted to know what I could do yeah, once I'm out the other side um, and yeah I found a, a couple of useful profiles like there's a guy in I think it's Arizona like a, a full-on rock climber and he went mechanical valve and he's on warfarin uh, he's just come back from South America traveling but to be able to see that and see someone being able to live that sort of lifestyle for me just was well, a pick-me-up it just gave me a bit Probably of hope better than googling it's better, it's better than just, google yeah, you tend to get all the, yeah. the the depressing stuff really on google whereas yes yeah, just watching someone live their life i mean also it's so good to see i guess that you're not alone yeah right like we um a couple of months ago um we had sam gray on the podcast who was talking about crohn's disease oh uh, yeah yeah so yeah. and it, it was very similar like all of a sudden like he got diagnosed he went mm. to hospital well and you thought like, oh my goodness, life, how am I going to yeah. maintain my life? And uh, he he was looking into all these social media groups and found a lot of help there, actually. Um, I think, if I remember, remember right, I re-listened to the podcast, um, he even made a lot of friends with people yeah. that he met online that came into similar situations. So as, as bad as social media is in a lot of respects, yeah. I think there it can be definitely helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I reached out to the guy, yeah. the, the rock climber, um, just asked for his views on, on, on his mechanical valve. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously follow each other. You know, he helped me out greatly with, with what he'd experienced and what he was able to do. Um, and then, yeah, I've had a couple of people since, as a guy um, in the UK, he reached out to me about two weeks ago now. He's just been diagnosed and he's, he's pretty symptomatic, I have to say. I've, compared to to me he's got it pretty rough um and yeah asking for advice it's like, nice isn't it yeah it's and i suddenly of... found myself like do you know what i can use this rather than sort of taking pretty pictures when i'm out running and you know just documenting normal runs i thought do you know what i could i can use this to sort of it's a bit of a cliche help other people but if i can provide evidence that life goes on afterwards and actually you can you know, you can maintain a, an active lifestyle, hopefully after my op, um, and it benefits others seeing that, like it's benefited me seeing others, you know, when yeah. I was going through it, then God, it's only a good thing. I think it's great really that, you know, you may not talk about this forever, yeah. um, but someone else may, and I feel like um, rather than it being a cliche, the cycle just continues. Yeah. You, yeah. You've, some, you've got some information and found help and advice from one person, and someone's got some from you yeah. and that will just carry on hopefully for a really long time to come whether it be about this or about yeah. anything else that we want to raise yeah. awareness of yeah. um that would be a really good way to to think about it really yeah yeah i think it's yeah 100 percent um there was another podcast that i once listened to and i i really i, I can't remember what condition the person had but what the p person said was really it's it somehow stuck and the person said look, you know, I'm, I'm not an ordinary person. I'm extraordinary because most of the time you hear stuff, it's just like the average person experiencing this. Mm. However, I have my own limits and I'm yet to find out what these limits will be. Mm. And I think this is a really, really good life lesson. If, if you have a condition, it doesn't mean that you will experience exactly what everybody else did, right? Mm. Like the rock climber as an example. Most probably, if somebody would have told him, like, you're never climbing again, yeah. he might have said, like, okay. But with his mindset, he was most probably, I will still try and see if I have this limit. Yeah. Right? And he will find out a completely different limit than most other people. Yeah. So I think this is a very positive thing again. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I think, you know, in a, like a curious way, I'm keen to push myself beyond what I was capable of, you know, post-op, yeah, just to see where, you know, never done an ultra, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, and I suppose there, there needs to be a, de a degree of carefulness, but, um, yeah, I think certainly post-op, I'd be keen to, I mean, it's going to be a long road, but try and push myself 
more than I've, I was capable of. I think once you're on the road, um, you may have a different, everyone's got a different mindset, but I think once you're on it, even in this part of the journey now, as long as things are moving or you can see a change or see a future or see, I think you're always keen to yeah. progress and you're always, you, you just keep that motivation up. And there'll be some days when, yes, it's, well, it's tough for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes we don't do it. But I think if you can see things moving, yeah. it doesn't matter that actually only today I'm only doing a walk or whatever. I don't know the recovery is going to be. But I think just moving forward is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. So good. What happens, um, I know we've spoken about it, but you know, again, sounds like a cliche, but how can anyone tell, you know, if they might have this or you were lucky yeah, in a way, totally lucky. you crashed. Yeah. Sounds awful. Um, and you know, it was discovered, but you, you may not have ever, which we don't probably even want to think about, but some people will now be thinking about that. Yeah. You know, is this a thing that's routinely checked? Um, yeah. I'm sure there's many conditions like this, but you know, who must've looked at that. Yeah, in, so in line with it, I, the question, how old were you again? Uh, 38. 38. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just because I, I just got a letter recently that I should do my 40 check. Okay, yeah. And I was like, that's it. But now I'm listening to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so 2% of the population have got what I've got. Okay. Um, which, yeah, it's 2%, but yeah. when you put that in the general population, it's a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. And like when we were talking before we started recording, um, we, we know people that yeah, have had we, one say, uh, oh, and, yeah, and once you start talking about this subject yeah, yeah. It, it comes up and all of a sudden my wife's husband um my wife's husband my wife's <laughs> <you>. <laughs> colleague's yeah. husband yeah. uh he, he's got one that's been monitored um so yeah i think certainly I, when i come across people and we talk about it uh it's just making people aware of the symptoms uh like the fatigue yeah we talked about that yeah swollen ankles swollen feet um numbness in 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 joints um if you suddenly sort of realize uh, like a loss in performance so if you you know cycling and Mm -hmm. you you suddenly start to lose stamina that can be a telltale um the the migraines it's all these sorts of things that you know you're not going to straight away get get a scan but if it's enough to concern you to to get yourself to the doctor i mean the, the thing that identified my BAV was it's it's, just, it's an ultrasound so it's not it's not invasive. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't actually. Although you went for the CT scan, that wouldn't have happened. No, no, just it's the literally it's the, just the thing, thing that, jelly. Yeah. that confirmed it was yeah an ultrasound with with some jelly on the chest. I was in yeah. there for about fifteen minutes. So yeah, I just if I can make people aware of of the symptoms, think about it, and if it concerns them that much, get yourself along to the doctor. And if you know if they're really concerned, then it's it's a non-invasive, yeah. quick and easy process to to get it identified. I know my father-in-law's just turned sixty-five, and the NHS do routinely scan for the abdominal aortic aneurysm. So obviously, yeah, when I mentioned it before, the aorta. Yeah, yeah goes off up over the top it's like a u u bend it goes out over the top of the heart and then down the sort of yeah. back really towards the, the tummy but it's it's certainly more common um in the abdomen same sort of issue the the aorta stretches and then of course there's this dissection risk a lot. yeah yeah but it but this isn't routinely scanned mm. yet it's still two percent so Crazy. it's certainly something i mean yeah we could scan for all sorts of things yeah, can't yeah. we but yeah. i think if people are aware of the symptoms it's just something to to just monitor like anything it could it could be anything if you just notice over time that something's different and maybe um you know friends family and everything can pick up on that yeah. just so you know chris you mentioned a few times that you've had migraines is it this or is that that could you know that could cover a whole host of things that we're just not bothering to go to the doctor yeah. about yeah also i think again corona didn't make it much easier right like no. for instance with me I, I i got this letter like you're 40 now it was last year uh come to the nhs for for a check we will mm-hmm. check you like i don't know i think they check you every five years or something and I was like, oh, but it's the corona zone. I don't want to, you know, be another strain on the NHS. I don't want to, you know, like take somebody's spot. So yeah. I was basically trying to find all these excuses just to like not put pressure on them anymore. Where about, you know, like if there's something serious like this, that can be Then fine. you really will be putting pressure on them. Exactly. It's even, even <laughs> yeah. worse, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think um, if they, you know, if you're offered anything, whether it's NHS yeah. or any kind of thing, you know, and they are doing that for a reason, go. Yeah, look after yeah. your body. I think especially we men, I think 
we have a bit of a you know tendency like oh i just uh, you know i don't want to shout about it like i will be fine yeah you know and um, often it won't be fine if you don't do anything about it yeah right. i mean it just doesn't get i mean like when i was embarrassed about yeah. getting help at the bike park it, yeah. It, yeah it doesn't it doesn't get you anywhere yeah, the same. Um, and we probably <laughs> just need to be a bit more proactive yeah and look after ourselves a bit more yeah it's um, absolutely fine like um you know we're we're not 12 anymore no you can ask for help and yeah yeah i think it's um it feels kind of positive actually that um we've talked about it and you know you're thinking actually this is something which i can i can live with and i will live with and yeah. something actually a little bit yeah. you know looking forward to what i could possibly do of beat everything my 5K time. yeah beat your 5k time <laughs> get under 20 it's really difficult to it get is. 20 minutes yeah. i mean <laughs> dodgy heart or not it's, yeah it's really hard i think my fastest ever was like 24 that's good yeah. that's, that's good, good. It's really good. but that was like time. half the size that i have now yeah. and half the age you can get there, Nils. Yeah. Well, you know, with my dog, with, uh, yeah. with, with Benny. Oh, you're definitely doing it with Oh, man, Benny. yeah, God, so I was, yeah, sub 20 with Hudson and Yeah, <laughs> we could do it with the dogs, mate. Yeah. I think I do, like, yeah, like 16 minutes. I bet you did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely all dog. Yeah, would you canny cross? <laughs> would you canny cross again? I would, yeah. I mean, Monty, my dad's dog's, he's like seven now. So, oh, yeah, by the time I'm, yeah, I, I'm sure he's still got he's, a few years It's a prime age. Um, yeah. Just when they're I just prime, want to um, five, four to five, maybe because yeah. they're strong and you know. But you've got to be prime age. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, what I wouldn't have Kenny Cross with was a mechanical valve. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, it just stumbles and falls that you have with. Yeah, and then the, the dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you have to carry like? I oh, know. Well, you don't go for the mechanical valve, but if you would go for one, you would get like a little passport and stuff to show it. Um, I think. A lot of people wear them, wear like warfarin. Yeah, I think my dad's got them wrist, actually. Yeah, just yeah. if, you know, if something did happen, the Ambo can see it. Um, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the doctor talks about heading a football, you know, just stuff like that. It's the, it's not so much the cuts and the bleeding, it's the internal bleeding. So, you know, a bump to the head or a fall, you know, and it's the, the clotting inside. That, that they and you can't about. eat any grapefruit. Yeah. Can, can, can what? No, if you're on warfarin, you can't eat grapefruit. No, and broccoli of... and kale. Yeah. All the good I mean, stuff. obviously my dad was not oh. disappointed anyway. Well, I think kale is okay, right? <laughs> you don't need kale. But Chris can have it. I, mayonnaise. You can't, you can't have mayonnaise? No. Well, I, so, yeah, apparently you can, and, and now coal as well. But that's okay, I don't drink now. Okay, alcohol. fine. Oh, we're alcohol. talking about the situation. Alcohol, definitely aren't but I think, it's, um, I think it's moderation yeah, and, yeah. and it's consistent. So I know, but yeah, that was kind of the, yeah. the things that you had to weigh up, wasn't it? You yeah, know, what's yeah. going to affect my life and what's this? But it sounds I'll like... I'll mayonnaise, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, you've, you have had time to think yeah. about it and you've made a decision that's right for you. Yeah. And... And that's so, not, that's, you know, it's not the right, not decision, right decision for everyone. For everybody, yeah. no. And that's, you know, that's what I said to this guy. He came back to me this week and said, what, what valve are you going for? Because he's in the same predicament. Yeah. And, you know, I... I've just said it's 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 really personal and it's you need to look at it yourself and your your setup and, and make the decision that works best for you and your wife really. Yeah, it's about you and your family as well and people yeah. around you. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good advice, I think. And, and again, like you never know what happened in 10, 12 years, right? No. The, the technology or science or whatever, I don't know what the right term is, might be so much more advanced that you m might not want to have a mechanical at this point anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right, so... I think, Chris, it's been um, really insightful, actually. Niels and I were just, you know, silenced, just listening yeah. to it. Um, I know I knew some of the story, but I didn't know everything. Um, so it's been really, really insightful. Where can people follow you? Because um, I know you've got a great Instagram following. What's the, yeah, the best so, way? For yeah, that's, to yeah, my, my only way, really. Um, so it's My Running Heart on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good name. Yeah, it's perfect for the. Do, do you know what? I changed it recently because I yeah. thought if I am going to tell people, so my old one was it was Tiff is runner. Yes, yeah. After the, the bit, bit of Canny Cross and a bit of a nickname, yeah. and I thought no, I'd simplify this um, and just give it a bit of a focus. So my my running heart in one go or with like underscores and no, stuff. All, no, all one go. Wow, that's heart. the like a bang on name there. Wow. Yeah, very impressive. Um, and yeah, it, my my the um, 
my story's going to be on there. Well, it is already, but yeah. obviously a continued journey will be on there. Um, I have seen people having their operations videoed by the surgeon. So they've got video footage yeah. of the heart going with the... So, so I, I, mean, so I come with all our setup here? Yeah, do you know what? <laughs> you squeamish? <laughs> yes. Okay, maybe not. And do, you know, <laughs> and do you know how long it took him to set up the surgeon? Yeah, that's be true. Like, and, and then well, forget like, to guys, put the record we've got another one. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I'm certainly going to ask the question, but we'll, okay. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I just kind of want to be completely transparent. Yeah, you know, when, so that when well, I'm you running watch that, videos and it helped you running that ultra in three years' time, you I can, can say that it, it all stands Absolutely crazy, so. really good. That's so good. Really, really good. Thank Chris. you so much for sharing. No, thanks it's for having me. Fantastic. fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. That was honestly like really inspiring, really like eye-opening, like really, really interesting um, story and. Yeah, really great. I, I wish you all the best. Thanks very much. Yeah, Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep in touch. Will do, yeah. Cool. So, listeners, um, do you want to say goodbye well, to everyone? What I normally say, Niels, is um, where can people follow us? So, uh, first of all, you can follow us on Instagram, at Velocino, V-E-L-O-C-C-I-N-O. Um, yeah. Then we have Twitter, but we don't really do it. You can follow us on Facebook, um, but the most important for us, really, if you want to support us, is um, first of all, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And um, if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple iTunes, please leave a positive review. Um, that will help us the most. And you never know, might come, might come back. Might come back. He's been missing twice now. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Oh, he's really busy. He will come back, we promise. Um, Unless you don't want yeah. him to come back. <laughs> no, 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 he will we come do. back. He's, the good. he's, he's good. easy. He's a nice guy, actually. Um, and yeah, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, send us an email to hello at velocino.com and we will definitely get back to you. And yeah, that's actually basically it, right? Yeah, it's really good. When are you off to Mallorca? Oh, uh, on the 11th of May. If any one of you is out there at the same time and you want to get in touch, let me know. But you have to pay the coffee. Good. Until then. The best stories have not yet been written. Da-dum. Boom. No, I'm not doing that. No, press the button. Oh, press the button.